What will the Titans do after last year's surprise AFC Championship game appearance? Whatever it is, it all starts with Derrick Henry. Hello everyone, what's up? Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. I'm your host, Michael Feller, joined as I am for every single episode of Fantasy Football in 15 by Derek Van Riper, DVR. What's going on? Hey, not too much. Doing pretty well. How about you, Beller? I am also doing well over here. We are moving on to uh, another one of our final teams in this State of the Team series as we plow on through our final full week of State of the Team series. Next week, we'll be starting up our usual, normal, season-long fantasy football in 15 shows, but still got a few teams to knock out here. Today's team, the Tennessee Titans, and to talk Titans, we bring on one of our uh, senior writers and columnists from the Athletic Nashville, Joe Rexroad. Joe, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for uh, for stepping in and taking on the Titans for us here. Uh, speaking of stepping in, Ryan Tannehill did one hell of a job of stepping in for this team at midseason, taking over for a floundering Marcus Mariota, pushing this team not only to the playoffs, but to a surprising berth in the AFC Championship game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill absolutely earned every single bit of his success last year, but we have to look at that and compare it with the player that he was before last season, a guy who never quite got it in Miami, even though we have to say injuries were always a mitigating factor for him. How did the Titans get that 2019 version of Tannehill again this season? Yeah, you know, I don't know if they'll get that version. You're talking about 70% completion to go with 9.6 per attempt. I think that's the the second QB since the merger to have that combination. Uh, Joe Montana, 1989, the other. So, I mean, look, obviously this was a, an extraordinary performance by Tannehill. I will say that watching him week after week, turning one of the worst offenses in the NFL into one of the best, you know, at some point you're like, well, that doesn't look like smoke and mirrors. I mean, that's 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 what he is. He, he wasn't, you know, it, I didn't get the sense he was playing outside himself. Obviously it helps a lot when you have Derrick Henry and you can go play action off what he's doing in your running game. But Tannehill's interesting because I had that sort of concept of him too. Like, yeah, he's okay in Miami, not great. You know, good backup, good signing, about the same as Marcus Mariota. Obviously, he was much better. If you do look back at Tannehill, 2016, I think he was starting to become better than just a run-of-the-mill quarterback. He was having really a great year. Then he blows the knee, decides not to have the surgery. And then kind of from there, it was like another knee, and then he has the shoulder and then the new regime and they're done with him. I mean, I think you can kind of look at him and say, okay, he was growing into something better than like his reputation. But look, I mean, no, there was no reason to think he was going to do what he did last year. He did it with, again, Derrick Henry, terrific play action game, but not with great weapons around him. Yeah, I think that was the most impressive thing as a group, the pass catchers. Uh, still leave something to be desired, but we'll get to those guys in just a minute. Henry was a monster last year. 303 carries, led the league, 1,540 yards, 16 rushing touchdowns. Didn't do a lot in the passing game. As you look at the way he was used last season, is that the blueprint for 2020, or do you think there could be some changes to how the Titans uh, run this offense through Derrick Henry? 
No, I think that's, you know, look, he's uh, he's gotten better at pass pro to at least be able to keep him on the field more. I don't think Derrick Henry is ever going to be a great pass catching back. He's not going to be Christian McCaffrey. He's not going to be Alvin Kamara. I mean, you know, he's he's terrific in the screen game. They've got some really nice designs. So he, ha- he ends up with decent, quote unquote, receiving numbers. But he's not a guy going out on choice routes and um, you know, doing damage that way. So that's, and that's really why he's, you know, he's not going to end up being paid quite, I don't think, at the level of the top, top guys because they have to invest in another back. They drafted Darrington Evans. Of course, they were going with Deion Lewis. He wasn't very effective and he was overpaid for what he was giving them. But I think the blueprint for Henry will be the exact same. It'll be heavy usage, heavy outside zone. You know, they, they'll drop in the occasional screen and he, he will be off the field on a lot of obvious passing situations. You mentioned Darrington Evans' third-round pick this year for the Titans. Uh, Henry, those huge carry numbers, those huge yardage numbers, even if that remains the same, what's the role expectation for Evans in his rookie year? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably about the same role Deion Lewis had, and they just hope he's more effective. You know, I mean, look, I think Derrick Henry would love to be on the field more and have more of an opportunity. I just, I would be surprised if there's a big change there. And certainly when you go that high for a guy like Evans, I think that tells everyone, yeah, we, we, we need someone in this role. So, you know, again, I think it'll be, he's basically a third down back. You know, he'll get a carry here and there. Maybe he'll get a series here and there, but man, it's just, you know, when, when Henry is playing the way he played for most of last year and really the way he's played for, the last season and a quarter in which to me, I think he's clearly the best runner of the football in the league. It's hard to justify, you know, giving a guy even a random series here and there. They did it with Deion Lewis in, in uh, Carolina last year and ended up that Henry barely touched the ball in the first half. And that was all we talked about the next week. I don't think you're going to see them doing that much in, in 2020. I think one of the most fascinating stories from last season with the Titans was A.J. Brown, who down the stretch really emerged as a true number one receiver. From week 12 on, he had four 100-yard games, fell in the end zone five times. The target volume became uh, a little bit more consistent. We saw a 13-target game even mixed in there during the fantasy playoffs. I think what people look at with A.J. Brown, though, is they see 52 catches on 84 targets for just over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. It is incredible efficiency, but it's almost impossible to repeat sort of like some of the success we discussed with Ryan Tannehill through the air there's this big divide Joe I think the fantasy community has some people who crunch a lot of tape and then there are people who crunch a lot of numbers and then there are people who try and synthesize those two sides and I think the numbers people are just convinced there's nowhere to go but down but the tape people indicate that AJ Brown is going to be a much bigger part of this offense because he can do everything that a true number one receiver needs to do so after watching him last season, what do you think A.J. Brown can bring to the table in his second season? Yeah, that's really an interesting way to break it down, Derek. And I will say watching him, I, I think he still has a lot of room to grow. That's the exciting thing with him. If you look at the Titans down the stretch, like you said, there were some big games in there. There was also a game they played the New Orleans Saints. This game also, by the way, is a, is a real testament to Tannehill. Derrick Henry sat because they, they needed to. He had a hamstring. They rested him. They they knew they had to win the next week at Houston, so they sat him. So um, Marshawn Lattimore travels with A.J. Brown, holds him to a catch, two targets on that day. 
You know, no Derrick Henry. And Tannehill still lit the Saints up and shredded them and should have won the game except for a, you know, a late penalty that they didn't call on a, a hit on the head. But that was an example of A.J. Brown dealing with an elite cornerback and man press coverage, and can you beat that guy? And he still has a long way to go there. I think he's, he has a ways to go as a route runner. Um, I don't know if he's going to be you know, a vertical guy. He, he did have one big catch like that in Oakland. He's incredible after the catch. I mean, after the catch, he's, it's, like, it's almost seriously like Derrick Henry-ish at times, the way he runs with the ball and breaks tackles. But I think – Again, some of this is just, you know, the the intangibles being around him and things like that, watching him work last year. I think that he is going to grow into being a number one receiver, and he understands where he has to get better. And some of that was also, I think, Tannehill maybe, like in that game in particular, not yet being comfortable with just trusting him. I mean, obviously they built good chemistry, but I think that can grow a lot too. So, I look, I don't know if A.J. Brown's going to be – you know, this 95 catch, 1500 yard kind of guy, but I think he's a legit number one receiver in the making. He's going to have very good production and he should, you know, I, I think he can be used more in the red zone too. Volume is the name of the game, of course, in the fantasy world. And 84 targets is a number that uh, no one wants to see for a receiver who has AJ Brown's talent and who's going where AJ Brown is going in fantasy drafts. Got to believe that he is going to be a, what, 110 target or so guy this year, even with the heavy run game emphasis for this team? I would think so. And, and you know, you look at, obviously, he was a rookie last year. And so they, they early in the year, it's like they designed some things just for him to get him on the field and use him. But it wasn't like, you know, I mean, he wasn't getting the snaps either early. And then eventually he, he builds trust. And so I think, you know, you have to keep that in perspective, too. It, early on, it was sort of like he was almost like a situational player, and then he became like, okay, must-have on the field. And, I mean, this year he's going to be a must-have at all times. And, yeah, I, I would think that more than 100 targets would certainly be uh, realistic. You know, the emergence of A.J. Brown likely played a pretty big role in the Titans' decision to decline their fifth-year option on Corey Davis. He's still a Titan for now. What do you think we might see from him in 2020? Well, I think you know, certainly he'll be motivated. I don't think he can be surprised by them not picking up that option, you know, as, a, as the uh, number five pick in that draft. He has not produced up to that level at all. So I, I think Corey Davis, he's, he's struggled with a lot of injuries in his time, even some nagging injuries that we didn't know about apparently last year and things like that. You know, he's a, he's a good player. I think he's a good number two receiver in the NFL. You know, I think when you think about his production this year, I mean, look, the Titans love him because he's a great run blocker. I mean, that does nothing for anyone in this discussion, right? But, you know, he's a good teammate. He's a good run blocker. I mean, but, he, but I think, you know, he's another guy. He's He has shown some good things in the red zone. He has had some big games. I mean, I guess the question to me is, I think A.J. Brown's clearly going to be your one. I also think that Jonu Smith is a guy who is really emerging as someone Tannehill, I think this year, uh, is going to utilize a lot. And they've actually been able to spend some time with each other, a rarity, uh, you know, in this offseason. So what does that mean? And we know what Derrick Henry's going to do. What does that mean for Davis's production? I think it should be better than last year. I just don't know if it'll be dramatically better. 
All right, well, let's get into Jonu Smith a little bit. Delaney Walker, the longtime Titan, is gone, so that opens the door for Smith to not only be the starting tight end, but to step into a much larger role in the offense. We've seen some flashes from him in the past, but now that he has this opportunity, how big can the role be this year? I really think he is one of those guys you have to keep an eye on. He is so talented. I, I mean, honestly, I, I can't think of – if you go Henry, A.J. Brown, and Jonu Smith, there can't be a team with a trio of guys le- uh, less fun to tackle. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the Titans really did some interesting things with Jonu Smith. They actually put him in the backfield here and there last year, the little pitch plays. And he when he gets going down here with the football – He's a menace. Uh, he's incredibly fast for his size. You know, he had an ACL um, midway or a little, you know, second half of the 2018 season when he was really starting to come on. Um, comes back quickly from that. Like you said, Delaney Walker, you know, you could see last year he was he was running out of gas and he had the really awful leg injury at the start of 18. And I just think that Jonu Smith is a guy who, with Walker out of the picture, you know, they're going to use Anthony Ferkser as well, who's a nice pass-catching tight end. They've got Adam Humphreys in the slot. But I think that Jonu Smith is is the guy of everybody on this offense with the most to gain and the most potential jump in production. There's one kind of common question we've been asking as we've gone through this series, Joe. If there's one player on this team who we're not talking about right now that we will be talking about in November and December, who is it going to be? Yeah, I probably just blew that, you know, because that, that, <laughs> that would be my that would be my answer. Um, I do think, you know, Humphreys is also a guy, if you look at him last year, you know, he had injuries as well. He intended, if you look at in the postseason, even like Kansas City, a couple of those fourth down plays, they, they had a nice chemistry. Uh, he also had the winning touchdown actually when they beat Kansas City, you know, earlier in the season. He had some good moments, and I do think that with sustained health, uh, with what he has built with Tannehill, he's a guy who you know, can get a lot of targets, you know, uh, get a lot of uh, catches, a lot of, you know, seven-yard catches, but, but a guy who can – uh, produced that way. But yeah, it's it's Jonu Smith for sure for me. He he has all of the tools, I think, to be a big time tight end in the NFL. A lot of it is, you know, how much are they going to actually utilize him? How much does his role actually expand? But I think Arthur Smith, their their offense coordinator who was their tight ends coach, great relationship with Jonu Smith. Again, these are little, you know, intangible things that don't always pay off, but I think they really want to expand his role. Tennessee Titans, a surprise AFC finalist last year. Not going to surprise anyone in the fantasy world this year, at least, with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill. And, hey, maybe Johnny Smith will be that guy who surprises us. That's Joe Rexroad. Joe, thanks again for taking the time with us today. All right, guys. Really appreciate you having me. Uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Rexroad. That's R-E-X-R-O-D-E. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you are listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, anything like that. And if that's where you are, come check us out at The Athletic. You can get a free 30-day trial if you go to theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper and Joe Rexroad, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow.